Hey everybody, happy Friday from NPR Music and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here with contributor Christina Lee. Hey Robin. WXPN's John Morrison. Hey, what's going on, Robin? And NPR Music editor Hazel Sills. Hey, Robin. It's New Music Friday, and we're looking at the best releases out today on July 15th, starting with Lizzo. Her new one is called Special. This is the song About Damn Time. Is that bitch a clock? Yeah, it's thick, 30. I've been through a lot, but I'm still flirty. Is everybody back up in the building? It's been a minute, tell me how you're healing. Because I'm about to get into my feelings. How you feeling? How you feel right now? This is one of those closely guarded, super secret albums. We weren't able to hear all of it ahead of the release today, but let's talk about what we do know and and why we're excited for this one. Christina. It's interesting to chat about Lizzo now because I feel like for so many years, we were just waiting for people to sort of catch up. You know, she has always been like this ambitious hit maker and she's always aspired to be this role model in music. Like, I guess the intent of her music was so clear that she was gunning for like these huge audiences and ready to empower them that it was only a matter of time, I guess. So now she is this certified hit maker. We've heard Truth Hurts, we've heard Juice, and now she has to live up to her own hype. Just from a DJ's perspective, I love the fact that these big pop stars are giving us like actual dance music lately. Definitely, I'm hearing like that disco, funky, like optimistic Nile Rodgers feel to about damn time. And, and when I heard this, I was like, oh, okay. This song in particular got me excited for the possibilities of, of what is going to be on this record from Lizzo. I watched her perform About Damn Time on SNL, and it was such an incredible, like, almost Soul Train performance. And I immediately thought about, like, Silk Sonic and Leave the Door Open. And I kind of thought the same thing you did, John, where I was like, I hope this opens up a moment, not just for Lizzo, but for pop music in general, to have a Soul Train moment. So I'm I'm really excited to see if she builds on the way that she makes hits. Like, I think everyone associates Lizzo with, like, sassy self-empowerment anthems and i'm curious to see like where she goes and how she builds on that there's another single girls which i think is a, another really interesting example of where her sound could head next because she's interpolating girls by beastie boys which like i don't think i ever would have linked lizzo and beastie boys together i'm about to knock somebody out go with my best friend she the only one i know to talk me off the deep end because that's Girl, we 
original version of that song had the word spaz in it, which fans and disability advocates spoke out against because it refers to spastic diplegia, a form of cerebral palsy. I think in general, sometimes with songs, with offending lyrics, we're just expected to put up with it. But I think because Lizzo aspires for her music to be as relatable as possible, what she did instead was very swiftly remove the original version and replace the offending lyric. I was really heartened by the quick turnaround and the quick response to that, because again, it sort of like reinforces her place within music today. She has said that this album special is all about love, love of yourself and for each other. And after she was called out for using that inappropriate word in Girls, I don't know if it would have been immediately obvious to everyone. And I think a lot of artists might have just dismissed it. But she took that complaint to heart. And I feel like, you know, wow, she really is living up to her own message of showing respect for others. I I was really impressed with it. Lizzo is the singer. Her new album out today is called Special. Also out today is a new one from the artist known as Biba Doobie. It's called Beatopia. This is the song 1036. Before we get into this one, I I want everyone to hear exactly how Biba Doobie pronounces her name because a lot of people aren't sure. Here's a clip of her talking with NPR's Scott Simon about it. Biba Doobie? How is that? (laughs) Pretty good. Biba Doobie. Biba Doobie. I I mean, anyone can say it the way they want to. Okay. Biba Doobie. Could you say it one more time? Biba Doobie. Biba Doobie. Yes! (laughs) Biba Doobie. It's Biba Doobie. (laughs) That's adorable. From the name B, B E A, Biba, Biba Doobie. She is someone who I just think should be so much bigger than she is. She's a young singer songwriter from the UK. And this album, Beatopia, is the follow up to her 2020 debut full length album, Faked Flowers, which was such like a great, tight collection of pop rock. Songs, very like throwback to the 90s, very like Veruca Salt, Letters to Cleo, but also a little bit of like Avril Lavigne and Michelle Branch thrown in there. And what she's doing on this album is kind of new territory for her, where she's kind of getting out of that 90s rock pastiche. And she's doing something that's not super clean and tight, but kind of like formless and and loose and noisy and She gave an interview before this album where she said she really wanted it to sound like 2006, which I thought was really charming. Mm, Very specific. Yeah, but I kind of hear it in the music. I hear a lot of like broken social scene. There's that one song, See You Soon, and Banjo comes in and I'm like, okay, this is her version of anthems for a 17-year-old girl. 
I was pleasantly surprised by what you said, Hazel, how the sound is much more loose. And there's like this really palpable romantic sadness throughout. Like as I'm going from song to song, I keep picking up on like these really romantic strings and how it only brings out like the sweetness in her voice, which I think makes for such a lovely contrast with her lyrics, which are still very angsty, which are still very much about trying to do better by others as well as by herself. I thought it was just like a really sweet direction that she went in overall. You mentioned the strings, Christina. Here's a song called Ripples. Her growth as an artist, I think, is extraordinary, how you hear it play out on this record. All the different arrangements and instrumentation, the, the melodies are super strong and hooky. She doesn't go as deep into 90s rock as you're saying, Hazel, but there is one great guitar rock ripper on it called Talk. Well, this is going to be a top 10 or top 5 record for me this year. I, I am so blown away just by how complete and how good this record is. Beatopia from Biba Doobie. Also out now on July 15th is this really incredible new record from Steve Lacey called Gemini Writes. This is the song Mercury. Lacey was not really on my radar. I knew him from the internet and I'd heard uh, some of his like previous solo work, but this one blew me away with the quality of the songs and, and the depth of the emotion throughout this record. I don't want to jump out the window with this one, but <laughs> <laughs> there were... I, I wouldn't mind being buried with it. Myself, but... <laughs> there, there was something about the tenderness of a lot of these songs the stylistic range that immediately reminded me of two records, uh, Prince's Around the World in a Day and Parade, the Under the Cherry Moon soundtrack. The harmonies are gorgeous. The production is gorgeous. It's just beautiful. And I love records that kind of set off my synesthesia and I could see all of the colors <laughs> and, and shapes and everything. And this record has all of that. I'm with you, John. I didn't really have too high of expectations going into this just because I know Steve Lacey first and foremost as a producer and guitarist like work like you said working with the internet working with Kendrick Lamar Raven Linnae I know him as being a good collaborator so I wasn't sure how much he was going to have to say for himself but let me tell you this guy has a lot to say first of all as a fellow Gemini American I do feel seen with this <laughs> me record too. Me too. <laughs> Thank goodness I was like finally somebody is standing like, up to the most right? slandered 
yes. astrological sign there is. <laughs> so I appreciate the boldness of that statement. Like, I mean this as a compliment, but he is like messy. He's talking about this on again, off again relationship, but he's being bold and assertive with like what he needs, the space that he needs in order to be like an independent being. But then by the end, he's like, no, come back. How dare you call me your ex? It's just bold in ways that are not only from a stylistic perspective, but in terms of a lyrical perspective, I was like, damn, Steve, you're really putting it out there. And he never really repeats a sound. He opens with a song called Static, and I thought, okay, this is going to be, you know, more or less an R&B type record, right? And then he just, every song goes in this different direction. I, I've heard him called the Stevie Wonder for the 21st century, and I wasn't hearing that at all until I heard the song Helmet. You know, with a little tambourine, and it's got a real hop and a skip to it. And then he's got a song like Together interlude that has this old-timey shuffling waltz vibe to it. It's like, where are you going with this record? Like, like you say, <laughs> it's a mess, but just in the best way. Yeah, it's in ways I feel like very relatable because as I'm listening to the production, I keep thinking he's like searching for romance in some way or something mm -hmm. like he he's searching for nostalgia even in the song Helmet where he says fuck nostalgia. So I thought that was like a really fun song and dance to pay attention to. Steve Lacey, Gemini Writes is the album. Like you, Christina. Solidarity. Yeah, solidarity. <laughs> we do need to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the new record from Super Organism. There's a new installment in the Jazz is Dead series. And we have some personal favorites that we want to share as well. Support for NPR and the following message come from State Farm, the 2022 lead sponsor of NPR Music. For the past three years, State Farm has been a proud supporter of the Tiny Desk Concert Series, which provides a unique stage for artists across the genre spectrum. While small in size, the Tiny Desk is large in impact. Since the launch of the Tiny Desk Concert Series in 2008, nearly 1,000 performances have been recorded at Bob Boylan's festive workspace at NPR headquarters, which is decorated with years of music memorabilia. Tiny Desk Concerts attract 16 million viewers per month and help unify a passionate community around the love of music discovery. You can explore the latest concerts or browse the archives for your favorite artists at npr.org music. And keep the discovery going when you check out State Farm's surprisingly great rates. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's New Music Friday from NPR and All Songs Considered. I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here with Christina Lee, John Morrison, and Hazel Sills. And we're taking a quick look at the best releases out now on July 15th. We start the second half of the show off with the band Super Organism. Their new album is called Worldwide Pop. This is the song Flying. Right, here they come, bring them up, break it to satellites. Gave up, I'm trying to be hot, so, turn back, it was easy to overcome. Horizons starting and rising, 
Super Organism. It's a band that's new to me, but uh, they had come together as a group in 2017 with their first song, Something for Your Mind. At first, they were something of a mystery. People were just trying to figure out who they were as they were getting all these like beautiful cosigns from the likes of Frank Ocean and Ezra Koenig. But as it turns out, they are just like a group, a group that spans all these different countries. They somehow managed to make this digital collaboration work. And then with this album, Worldwide Pop, I felt like I was being transported right back to the early 2000s. Like I know the singer Orno is much older than the characters of Pen15, which takes place in high school in the year 2000. But <laughs> I felt like I had to relive how anxiety inducing my adolescence was in the age of America online. But the kicker here is that <laughs> she's singing about the age of Jeff Bezos. And guess what? It's all still anxiety inducing. Yay! Winning. Exactly. I mentioned Broken Social Scene earlier in this podcast, but they remind me of all of those bands in like the mid 2000s, like Architecture in Helsinki or like Polyphonics Free, where there's just like so many members. And across their music, I just think from that, they create like this really intense sonic universe in particular well not only are there so many members between all of them there's like so much exuberance like we heard it in that song it's a huge stimulus overload everything just sounds like bright and shiny it's all like happening like real fast and we feel like we should be having fun teenager But of course, at the core are these lyrics that are just like really wry and observant and just like really smart in so many ways, too. Yeah, there's this deadpan goofiness to it that I really love that kind of reminds me a little bit of Chibamato, you know, where it's like it's so uncool that it's super cool. Like it like transcends cool. Right. In a lot of ways, it has the sound like a small army is playing that is chaos, you, like you can just see in your head the, the sprawling group of people climbing all over each other, trying to trigger different you know, electronics and mm -hmm. play different instruments all at the same time, and it's all ramshackle and, and wonderful. Now I'm back to good. Try keeping up if you can. It just gets better too. What a great week for music, yeah? <laughs> for the 90s and the early 2000s, wow. <laughs> Super Organism is the band. Their album is Worldwide Pop. Also out now on July 15th is another installment in the Jazz is Dead series, Adrian Young and Ali Shaheed Muhammad. Their ongoing collaboration with different artists. This is the 13th installment. It's with the group Catalyst. This is the song Juneteenth.
Catalyst is an LA-based jazz ensemble, not to be confused with the Philly-based jazz ensemble, also named Catalyst. <laughs> that was or the active. DJ and producer named Catalyst. Also, so many, so many people <laughs> with the name Catalyst. But um, yeah, this this record, uh, Jazz is Dead 13, like you said, Robin is a, a collaboration with Ali Shaheed Muhammad of a tribe called Quest and Adrian Young. Now, typically. The Jazz is Dead series features Young and Ali Shaheed Muhammad working with elder jazz legends. They did one with Gary Bartz. They did one with the keyboardist and composer Brian Jackson. They did some real dope work with Roy Ayers. Catalyst is a group of young cats. It seems like they're really dialed into and pushing that contemporary jazz sound that's been coming out of L.A. in recent years with folks like Lion Milk. Georgia Ann Muldrow, the whole Brain Feeder camp. This is really just dope, quality, adventurous, new jazz music. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I love it. And I love to see younger musicians really pushing the sound forward and, and keeping you know the lessons from the past and making something new and contemporary with it. The quality control across this series has been incredible. I mean, the, the musicianship in particular, it has been consistently superb throughout the series. And the collaborations, I think, consistently surprising, especially when you consider the pace that they are recording and re releasing these. They just had the 12th installment out in May. Yeah, I interviewed Adrian Young and Ali Shaheed Muhammad about this series and they basically like walk me through the whole process. They camp out in their studio with musicians. And, you know, sometimes the musicians will bring arrangements and compositions or sometimes they'll write in the studio. But they just, yeah, it's like a machine. You know what I mean? They knock out all of this music quickly. And like you said, it's a, a high standard. You have records like uh, Summer Solstice that sounds like something that Roy Ayers would have made, but like an alternate dimension Roy Ayers. This is the kind of music too that I think can disappear into the background pretty easily. But it never does. You know, like every time my attention started to drift, there'd be something in the songs that would just yank me right back in. Loved it. Yeah. Catalyst here with Adrian Young and Ali Shaheed Muhammad. Jazz is Dead 13, the 13th in the series. Out now, as I said, we do have a handful of other notable releases that we want to flag real quickly. Hazel, we'll start with you. Yeah, one release that I wanted to flag coming out today is the third album by the band Black Midi, uh, Hellfire. They're a crazy band. If anyone listening has seen them live, they know this. They're like the most chaotic jam band ever. They draw on post-punk tradition and like math rock tradition. And I think this album is like a testament to how much their sound has expanded since their debut. There's very beautiful, almost like psychedelic moments on it and like lots of songs that remind me of like Can. And I think they've gotten a little less hardcore over time and this album is just like a total expansion of sound in terms of of where they're going and what they're doing have you seen the drunken captain singing what you want to know christina 
Producer Lil Silva, he's helped shape British club music over the past decade, and now he's finally releasing his debut album. It's called Yesterday is Heavy, and it features Sampha, Serpent with Feet, Little Dragon, and more. John. My pick actually came out last week. I was at the record release party here in Philly. Atia Taylor, her record, Space Ghost. This album absolutely blew me away. I've been sitting with it for a while. Not only is Atia Taylor a very talented singer-songwriter, she's based in Brooklyn. She's also the founder of Womanly Magazine, which is a beautiful publication. It's dedicated to women and non-binary folks health issues and, and access and care. This record, uh, Space Ghost, is just full of these colorful, but kind of like bittersweet songs about grief and loneliness and childhood. It's a gorgeous record and I love it. And I'll just note that the band Interpol is back with a new album today. It's their first full length in four years. It's called The Other Side of Make Believe. It's still pretty moody, maybe a little less gloomy for Interpol, but always happy to have a new one from them. And that'll do it for this week's New Music Friday. My thanks to Christina Lee, John Morrison, and Hazel Sills. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Robin. Thanks, Robin. Thank you, Robin. Our show was edited and mixed by Ron Scalzo, and it was produced with help from Bob Boylan. Our VP for Music and Visuals at NPR is Keith Jenkins. As always, you can see a complete list of everything we talked about and played, along with an expanded list of other notable albums out today, in the description of this episode in your podcast feed. You can also hear the full songs by searching for NPR's New Music Friday playlists in Apple Music or Spotify. And for NPR Music, I'm Robin Hilton. I hope you have a great weekend. Be well and treat yourself to lots of music. Music.